For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. It is the Bungie and Brester Show, and I've just blown Andrew McLeod's head off. He's got his... My, he's got his headphones turned up full bore I, again. I want to know who sits in this seat, Grace. <laughs> Must be, it's got to be Gibbsy, is it, on a Saturday? I think, I think it is Bryce Gibbs on Saturday that sits in your seat, Bungie. Well, uh, I'll have to talk to him about his... Uh, his <laughs> uh, he must do it deliberately. He turns it up so when I walk in, he just blasts the hell out of me. <laughs> well, that's thrown our opening, but uh, <laughs> uh, it is the Bungie and Bradster show, of course, uh, here on a Sunday morning, beautiful Sunday morning, and... Uh, You've just heard the dulcet tones of the man whose head I just blew off. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Oh, bravo! The boys proudly holding up the pineapple nippies, and we'll get back to nippies, proud supporters of the Bungie and Bradster show. But uh, Bungie, good morning. Good morning, Jace. Great to be here. Fantastic morning. I'm excited about today. I want to talk about... We've got to introduce the great man first, but... Some of the things that I saw on the way in today, driving in, whoo, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to talk about them. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear about them. Uh, let's bring in uh, Brett Maher straight away. Brett Maher. Yes. Big shot by Brett Maher. He's been here, there and everywhere. Uh, John Casey as well, and we'll get to why Casey isn't in this seat in a moment. But uh, Marzi, Brettster, how are you going, mate? Yeah, going well. It's been a busy week, uh, I think, for everyone this week. And, yeah, Case has let us down, unfortunately. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just thrown the hand grenade straight out. Straight right, under the bus. Right. Hey, if you're not here to defend yourself, bad luck. He, uh, his uh, flight got cancelled, unfortunately. Can't be with us. So Jace is in the hot seat doing the production. And uh, we've got a big, big show ahead. Uh, Bungie. He better bring some coffees next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where do you think the nippies comes from, boys? Come he be- on. He better get the. He better go past nippies next week and get the truck uh, back. The truck up his little Mitsubishi truck that he's got. Okay. Get a couple of cartons of uh, nippies, load them up, and bring them in nice and fresh for us. I'm not game enough to miss this show now. I know <laughs> what happens. Uh. <laughs> hey, Mister, we do have a big show, and um, I was just alluded to it with Jace there in the intro. But coming in today, wow. I was just, the the cars that are on the road, what's going on? Well, I was driving along Anzac Highway. There's people lined up all along. They've got the deck chairs out, got little uh, rugs laid out, drinks set up for a big day. And then it clicked, the beta bird Oh, you thought they were sitting there waiting for you. Well, yeah. I was the red carpet treatment (laughs) up Anzac Highway. Crashed a motorcade, yeah. I was driving in in my Mitsubishi Outlander (laughs) and I thought, well, this is uh, probably fitting. I've got a beautiful car here. Take photos of it. And, uh, yeah, there's apparently some other cars going along that road today. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking for something to do, get down there because there will be some beautiful cars driving around. We started early this morning and uh, basically people make their way up. So it starts at Barrett Reserve down at West Beach there. And uh, there's, I think there's another alternative start out at Modbury as well where they, they all sort of uh, converge onto the National Motor Museum up in, in Birdwood. And it's just amazing. Like I, was, I reckon I was driving at about 25 clicks up Henley Beach Road coming in and the cars that were going past me, I'm talking... 
you know, like some old school Chevy Impalas, some, mm. some Dodgers. I've seen a lot of Valiants coming, like the Vals all heat, like hotted up and just that the thick sound of the mufflers, uh, some Holdens, some Fords. I was I was like in car heaven. The, was, the Vals would be loving petrol prices at the moment, wouldn't they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad had an old Val and that used to chew through the, the old fuel. But um, I'll tell you what, yeah, though, cars. on a day like today, I don't think you worry about you know, it takes, costs you no. 150 bucks to no, fuel up when nice. you, when it's a cracking day, you're out, everyone's out, all the enthusiasts, you get the polish out and it's, it's a beautiful day. No need for air conditioning, no, no. need for power steering on a day like today, no. just cruising along up the highway. Yeah, that's why you got to, there get, you go. Get, get, all oh, the old blokes at, get in the gym, Brett, sir, because oh, well. you got to have power steering in those guns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? The good thing about some of these old cars is is great for uh, it's good for the young people to learn. Is a lot of them are manual. Yeah. They've actually got to learn to shift the stick. Yeah, and the old uh, yeah different sorts, not just four on the floor. They've three got on the, the tree. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, they've got it all. <laughs> hey, I've got our very first scoop. No, very first scoop for the bungee rest of the show. We've been trying. I've for, done it. We've been, we've trying, been trying. We've been trying for weeks to get a scoop out of people. Uh, I've get got one it. Last week, get a baseball. <laughs> Nothing. Well, we've got it today, and here it is. I was speaking with the uh, great man himself, Steve Wren, from the Polygra Group last night at the basketball. He introduced me to KB, their new import, who I'm sure Nat Hurst, the coach, will be excited to have on the team. She won a WNBA championship with Las Vegas. Great player. Hey, we've, but, we've had some good history with, with KBs. Mm, yes, and we, we should get KB and KB on the show. Double KBs. How would that be? But here's it. Uh, I'm going to drop this. Sorry. I'm getting distracted. The big news. Yes. Tim Brenton was the CEO of the Adelaide Lightning. He, as we said last week, has moved to Basketball South Australia. His replacement. This is drumroll, please. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the drum roll. I okay. <laughs> Reese Turner is going to be the new CEO of the Adelaide Lightning. Reese, of course, has worked in the past with the Adelaide 36ers. Yep. Most recently has been the CEO of SA Country Basketball. So has a great knowledge in uh, basketball itself, but also in those upper echelons of management. So he's a really good appointment uh, for the Adelaide Lightning. He'll fit in down there at the 36ers arena. Um I think they're very, very excited. He starts on the 28th of October. So well done to the Adelaide Lightning. Reese Turner on board. Team is coming together as well. Uh, they start in a few weeks. Uh, really excited for the season there as well. And we're going to be getting some of the girls on in the next couple of weeks and having a chat about the upcoming season. So that's good. That's good that they're it's starting to all come together. Every little pieces of the puzzle are just starting to just to, just to make a really pretty picture down there. So it's <laughs> exciting. And I can't wait to see... We got to get KB on KB and KB. Great we'll make deal. that happen. We'll make that happen through the week. If anyone can we do it, it's the bloke that um, I saw last night on the TV that's um, creeping around the huddles at um, in the basketball. We'll he talk about. We'll he talk, was creepy, wasn't we'll he? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I did take that. I did take that screenshot and send it to you. Oh no! And uh, was, uh, you're very, very astute there, looking oh. into the huddles at the. Uh, I'm running out of suits to wear. Let me tell you that. <laughs> hey, uh, big news in the world of cycling. SA's Matt Glatzer, um, who had uh, thyroid cancer back in 2019, uh, have has won along with Lee Hoffman as well, South Australian. Um, their group of four, which also consists of Matthew Richardson and Thomas 
Cornish in France, the World Championship sprint title. Um, that is a big one to win. I, I love watching that. Um, those guys drafting off each other, sprinting around. It was a very small margin that they won by as well, but uh, that's all you got to do. He's Just a- get your tyre in front and you're over the line, and that's a good, good effort by the, by the boys there. It was. Um, he's also won it in 2012, Brister. He's yep. five-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist as well. So that's a that's a massive effort. Now, we've got a massive show. We've got to go to a break, but we've got um, lots to talk about. Philip Philip Island, I should say, MotoGP comes up this afternoon. Rugby League World Cup, sack coaches. I want to talk to you about firefighting. It should have been in the Olympics. Oh, That's one thing we'll talk to you on a bit later. And the netball. Are we going to talk about the netball? Well, yeah, we should. Um, we, we will talk about the netball a little bit later on in the program, mm. I reckon, because uh, – Lots happening over in New Zealand at the moment, and a lot's happening in the uh, Diamonds Camp. Yeah, mm. lot, lot going Let's on there that. at the moment. I think we we should because they're wearing an old strip at the moment for a rather interesting reason. I know the boys want to talk about that. Uh, your calls, your text as well. Give us a ring one three hundred seven three six seven three six or text us zero four two seven one five four one double six for nippies who will quench your thirst this summer with the nippies. Ice-flavoured milk or fresh juice. We've got the apple black currant. And I tell you what, speaking of the Bay of Birdwood, you're worried about petrol prices? Have a couple of sips of that. That'll get you going on a Sunday morning. Don't you worry about that. That's good gear. And the pineapple crush, which uh, Bungie's been through about five of these already. He's taken over, mate. I think he likes these. They're good for your breath. You know what they're good for? They're actually really good for digestion. Are they? Excellent. Yes. Oh, well, I'll be digesting the hell out of it now. <laughs> very, very glad you went there, Bungie. It is the Bungie and Brett's the show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is the Bungie and Bretster Show here at Studio Lumo, 1 King Williams Street. Of course, proudly brought to you by our friends at Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit their Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi. Uh, and Well, they're driven by Australian Motors. And whilst we're uh, talking about uh, going around the countryside, the Bay to Birdwood today, a gentleman who is on the road, uh, nowhere near Birdsville. He's over there in Sydney at the moment, getting his charges ready for an important game in the A-League. Uh, Bunchy and Bredster, we've got... Carl Veard on the line at the moment from Adelaide United. Uh, Carl, welcome to the Bungie and Bradster Show. Good morning. Howdy, Carl. Thanks for joining us. Um, coming up against a, a pretty red-hot uh, MacArthur team. They won five games straight to win the 2022 Australia Cup. What are some of the keys uh, in the game today? Yeah, they've had a, a, had a good uh, pre-season. Um, they've got a... A very attacking side, but um, some very good uh, attacking guys that can really hurt you if you give them space and time on the ball. Um, so that's um, critical for us today that we stay compact and don't allow their uh, guys that are good with the ball um, um, space and time on, on the ball. Hey, Carl, it's, uh, it'd be nice to have uh, Hiroshi uh, Ibisuku back, back in the side after his one-match suspension, suspension, I should say. Then, uh, Given that last week you had... Probably eighty percent of the, the the footy and controlled it uh, a fair bit. That his presence and class back in the side, and particularly um, in the box, uh, we had a lot of ball last week. Would um, is certainly going to add some strength to that uh, today. 
Yeah, most definitely. Hero's uh, quality, uh, not just in the, in the round the box, but his link-up play as well in, in the middle of the pitch is um, excellent for us. Um, and he sort of um, straightens us up towards the goal a little bit more than, um, than, no- than normal because he's such a good presence there for us. What about uh, health issues? Obviously, Goodwin had a, a run last week. He'll be better for that. Uh, is there any other health concerns uh, amongst the team? Um, yeah, look, it's um, you know early in the season, so there's you know little niggles and, and knocks that you get um, once you start playing competitive games. But um, you know we're very confident with the squad that we've got. Um, you know, Goody will get a lot more minutes today than what he did last week. Um, so yeah, we're very confident with the with the players that we'll put out there today. And uh, just on uh, on Macarthur, they've obviously got some some pretty uh, strong firepower themselves up forward. And um, watching the game last week, um, they uh, the defensive pressure is is obviously uh, critical as as Brisbane did last week against them, and were able to to minimise that. Yeah, most definitely. As you said, um, you know they've got um, a lot of firepower there with De Villa and and uh, De Silva. Um, Azani and Toure, they're, they're very good at going forward. They're not the best at going back to help out in defence, so that's when we have to punish them, yep. um, make them do the, their defensive work because they're not um, that great at uh, defending. You mentioned Toure there. Well, are we a chance of seeing the brothers uh, on the pitch at the same time today? Um, yeah, there's a possibility. You know, Musa's uh, travelled with the squad, so um, there's a possibility that it will depend on how the game works out if we need some um, you know some X factor off the bench to try and get us something then there's a good chance that Musa will will see some game time so wins wins away gala always important particularly early on the season given that uh, your first few games are away from home but um, you'll be looking forward to this opportunity um, give that, the forecast actually said earlier that it's going to rain but it looks like it's um, going to be a good day over there yeah it's a sensational day at the moment the sun's out there's no not a cloud in the sky so we're um, hopefully it stays like this for the rest of the day. Um, as you said, they've had a lot of wet weather over here. So, um, yeah, we're look, really looking forward to getting out in some nice conditions and playing some good football. Carl, you obviously had a, a great career. Uh, we're seeing in other sports uh, like Ratton at St Kilda. It's a pretty tough job, the old coaching position. How are you enjoying it? It's a pretty hot seat for a lot of people. Um, that transition to coaching, how, how do you find it? Yeah, it's definitely... Um, a lot of pressure on during during the season, you know, because it's you know, a lot of people will judge you on on, on wins and losses, um, but you just hope that you have um, good people around you. That you know, it's just not about wins and losses; it's about the process and and that you're you know getting the the best out of the playing group. Well, Carl, uh, we're looking forward to the process today. We're excited about this this game against Macarthur. Good luck today as you go head-to-head. Kick off today at 2.30 at Campbelltown Stadium. Um, all the best, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carl. Carl Veert there uh, from Adelaide United. And, of course, United coming off that one-all draw last week uh, against Wellington Phoenix, where the Phoenix went a man down, I think, 25 minutes into the contest. And uh, it was Ben, O'Halloran, uh, ben Halloran, sorry, who got us out of jail Put late. Put the ball in it? the back of the net late, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, it's I think... You know, looking at that game and, and going back, and I, I'm sure that Carl and his team will be, um, you know, across that around, you know, they dominated play. They, they did have 80% of the, the, the footy um, breaths there, and they just weren't able to capitalise on that. But I think the that inclusion of uh, Hero 
uh, Ibusuki, and also um, the other one I didn't mention was um, Nastori Ira. See, I'm great with names. And Loving uh, that. You're working beautifully. Erin Kunda, who returns from uh, national duty as well. So looking forward to that. Um, we'd love them to get off to a great start because, you know, when you're when you got to play your first three games away, your first three games away from home, that's tough. You know, so if they could sneak a, a win or two in that, um, obviously got some points last week, but continue to get those points and come home, um, they'll be pretty confident about what they can um, achieve in the season. What's up with that first three games away? It's fourth, first, sixth on the ladder. Um, so it should be very close. I've, I've checked out the odds and they're very tight as well. But I know the Lightning play their first three games away. Uh, the ice hockey, um, they played their first three games away. Soccer, first three games away. I mean, WBBL, which is on right now, yeah. playing up in Queensland, their first two games away back to back as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, hopefully they get well. That you get that at the back end of the season. Mm. So you get that away early. You can go away, and you know what I like about getting away um, in sport as well. Sometimes that you can build that connection. And I want to talk connection a little bit later with, mm. with, with basketball, but um, you can build that connection with your teammates and that when you when you go away and, and you're in you know you're in hotels and you're traveling and you're sort of a little bit all consumed together, it's a great way to just spend some time, get to know each other quite well, build build that rapport with your teammates, um, and you know like you don't get to do that at home a lot. And if you're doing it just week on week 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 on off and on. Um, you, you just don't get that continuity of it. So if you can do it early, um, you know, you, you might be rooming with people, know what their little nuances in, you know, like when they like to go to sleep and when they like to get up and eat or go for a walk or things like that. So I reckon it's, it's not a bad thing. When they like to party. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> I don't think they do that these days, Brett. So. Well, uh, it was interesting. I've watched the uh, Redeem team on, uh, on Netflix through the week and they were talking, this is the US basketball team, um, coming back after their uh, didn't win gold at 2004, playing in 2008. Really good um, series. Kobe's in there, features a lot. They add him oh, to, the, yes. I did. to the team. It's yeah. a really good show. And, and when he gets up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So they say the whole team went out and partied. They roll into the, <laughs> into the hotel at like 5 in the morning and there's Kobe in his gym gear going to train. <laughs> He's the yeah. only one that didn't go out. The mindset of that bloke was over the top crazy, but yeah, you do. You get to see things on the road, and quite often the pressure's off on the road because you're not really expected to win most road trips. If you win them, it's a massive bonus, um, I think, when you're on the road. So yeah, you can play a little bit looser, and sometimes if you're not playing well at home, go on the road and um, get a snag a couple of wins. Hey, uh, speaking of wins, um, the netball. Mm. Have you been following the the netball well, stuff that's going on at the moment? A little bit, a With little the diamonds. Bit. But I know there's a sponsorship issue. They they need money. They need money injected, and they've got some money injected. But I mean, where do we draw the line as to ethics and ethos and? Well, we've seen Who it. Can a, we have we've sponsor? seen it a lot in sport, where, where sporting organisations or governing bodies and teams are moving away. We saw it with the cigarette sponsorships mm. back in the day, tobacco, alcohol, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. which is, is is changed. But the diamonds are in a bit of a well, they're in a bit of a pickle because they've got 
they've got a $15 million four-year sponsorship on the table. That's huge. Which Big we know, money. We know, and we've we've spoken about it before, that they've been in trouble. They're about six to six or $7 million or something like that in, that, uh, in debt. And they need sponsorship. Um, they've had, and but there is a bit of a disconnect. There's a disconnect between the players themselves and the organisation. And Bianca Chatfield, who's a who's a great of the game, she played 59 caps for the Diamonds. She's come out and said that um, the it's play, this consultation process between the players and the organisation around sponsorship and, and discussions. Um, need to be better, and they will continue because the the um, the Hancock Prospecting, who it is, is uh, put up this. They're sponsored a lot of sport. They're sponsoring a lot of um, Olympic sports mm. to put some money behind those. But there's, uh, I don't think the girls are too happy. They've actually they're wearing a as as Jace alluded to. They're they're wearing an old uniform at the moment. They are because they refuse to um, wear the sponsorship product. Um, because of that, that fact that they haven't been consulted. So I like the fact that they're willing to put money into sport. It's then up to the sport to decide, well, uh, along with our ethical beliefs, are we going to take money? It's like live golf, etc. cetera. Um, how do they get their money? Do we want to take it? They're in a position where they probably need to take it. But I'll tell you what, it creates a great nickname for the diamonds, doesn't it? If people start calling them the blood diamonds. Oh, uh, <laughs> I like it. They could have a new nickname if they do Can take Can I put that. this to both of you too? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that. That's making oh, wow. headlines. Um, that's Oops. beautiful. Uh, no, 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 no. Well played. Uh, can I put this to both of you too before we head to the break? You mentioned that the, uh, the ethical issues that this brings up. Now, this is a national team. Uh, that's out there representing Netball Australia, I guess, for want of a better word. At what point do the the team that's selected then have, I guess, the moral ability to be able to then go to, to effectively their employer and say, look, we don't like the nature of this sponsorship, so we're not going to support it, so we're going to wear a different strip. Is that something, is there a line that, that can't be crossed or shouldn't be crossed or... Um, are they well in their rights to say, no, uh, we, we don't support this. We weren't consulted. We're the ones that have to go out and represent you guys. Um, but I'll start with you, Bungie. What are your thoughts on it? Because I'm not sure where the line is here. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. If it was me in this situation and I was part of the Diamonds squad, giving who I am and my history, mm. I, I wouldn't be playing. Fair enough. Knowing, yeah, but... knowing the history of, of, of that group. Of the, that group, yes. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I think they're well within their rights to say, look, we won't play. But then the governing body will say, all right, you won't be playing because you won't be playing at all because we've got no money. (laughs) The sport's dead. (laughs) So you either take it and keep playing and represent your country or you don't take it and... Yeah, but if there they, you go, if they see you later. Some, someone will come and, oh, and not always. Yeah, think you don't think uh. that you do you think that the government and and people would let that just fall to the wayside and and not, su- not. not support the diamonds given not. our history of what we've been able to achieve. We just come off a, a massive uh, com games where we we won the gold medal. You would but, hope not. You know who would probably jump in and save him is Polygra Sports. Yes, absolutely. Bring, bring Our Steve, great friends bring there. I tell you what. They would be the perfect people to jump in there with their support they're giving to support these Well, businesses. with the support of the Adelaide Giants and the Adelaide Lightning, we mm. love the support they got there. Surely they could uh, – we'll see what we can negotiate there. You're the man. You're, <laughs> you're the, the man, man. I'll Speed, take my... speed dog. <laughs> 
I'll take my normal fee of zero dollars. <laughs> I'm good at that. Anyway. It is the Bungie and Branston <laughs> show. Just having a look at the moment of the Adelaide Strikers in the WBBL. They've lost their first wicket. Boundary there, one for 27 in the fourth over. We'll talk more about women's football a little, uh, women's football and women's uh, cricket later on in the program. In fact, AFLW is next here on the Bungie and Branston show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is the Bungie and Bradster Show. Thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles. The Parade Nord, uh, that Brett Maher card, still going up by about two or three cents every show. I believe. Uh, what's the bungee card up to there at Mayhem? We need to find out. Did you have a rookie card when I've, you were in the AFL bungee? I've got a lot of cards, Jase. There's a few There's getting a, around. I had a rookie card, yeah. It came out because um, my first year, I, uh, uh, it used to be the Norwich Rising Star yes, back in the yes, day. And yeah. So I was, uh, I was awarded the Norwich Rising Star for some round where they felt sorry for me. And uh, so I got a, got a rookie card. Um, I've got a, got a few of them at home. Uh Pretty good. It's good to actually go back and actually look at your cards over, talk to the, the Mayhem guys and, and see if they've got some of that collection. But go back over the years and you actually look when you start and I'm sure, you know, it'd be good to have if that Bretster. Um, Bretster's cards from through the years would be great because we could see the shade of his hair <laughs> changing over the course of his 30-year career wow. to where he is now. Different shades from... of brownie, greeny, <laughs> orange. Well, there's that point. You did all those sorts of things, didn't you? You had, um, had tips in there. Yeah, tips. Point. You had all sorts. You guys, in, in 98 and you shaved, you guys all shaved your heads. And Was that 98 or 97? Uh, yeah, I think it was when you 98. Had, I think there was a, 98, going into the grand were, final series. You all had nits or something. and then Grand final yeah, series. Yeah. I, they all shaved down to a one. I was in a wedding. Oh, the no. next weekend, so I went. I could only go to a three on the old. Uh, How did Rupert go pulling that off, uh, Mr. Sapwell? Oh, sorry. Ain't problem with Rupert. He's like, where did he actually start? <laughs> yeah. Shaving yeah. yeah. his head. Yeah. Where do you finish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you start, do you start at the neck or do you start at the back? We got a Sapper. Speaking of Sapper, doing some great work. He is. Uh, on the on uh, SCN. SCN with he is uh, calling with Bonds. Uh, the, the uh, the basketball uh, so Sapper if you're listening, um, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I just got a text come through. Sorry for. Uh, I just wanted to, to mention it back off our our chat of the uh, talking about uh, football, but uh, from John in Melbourne, Cooper Stadium refer, refurbishment is the the reason why the first three games are actually not at home. There you go, Brett. There you go. John. Work. Well done, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. We've <laughs> got a feeling I know who that John might be. But, uh, uh, boys, we'll straighten up quickly and talk about AFLW because a couple of disappointing results for our Adelaide-based teams. I watched the Adelaide Crows take on the Brisbane Lions and uh, it was an interesting game of football, this one. I thought the Crows dominated the first quarter. And then uh, there was an incident in the second quarter where Chelsea Randall copped a stray elbow to the head she went off the ground and it got away from the Crows for the next 10 minutes. Brisbane absolutely piled it on and won the game there. Uh, from that point on, Brisbane were pretty much in control, I thought, but uh, the Crows were there and thereabouts. In the end, it was a pretty comfortable four-goal win to the Brisbane Lions. What did you make of it, Bungie? Well, they actually showed why they are probably the, 
one of the premiership favourites, the way they actually went about it. Their, their pressure um, that they put on the Crows, their ability to deny the Crows girls any time and space with the footy, they pressed up hard. Uh, they got numbers around the contest to support the contest, both from a defensive point of view and an offensive point of view. And they just they just outworked the Crows. Um, and then on the – so defensively, they, they've, they've pushed back hard. And then on the offense, they cut them up through the middle. They, they, they're kicking. So it's, it's one thing that's um, probably disappointing me about the Crows is their, their um, I guess their skill by foot has, um, hasn't been great. Like they've, they've been playing some good footy, but if there's one area they can fix up, I think it's their, their skill by foot where they can actually just, like, like Brisbane did to them, they were able to hit those short 45s that really opened up the play um, and back through the corridor, through the middle, through the most dangerous part of the ground, and then to get it into their forward line um, with some speed. So, um, yeah, it just took a while for the Crows to, to actually adjust. That that incident with Chelsea Randall, I'm sure the MRO will be uh, looking at that because um, that she, she just tackled her and then there was a bit of a elbow rub on her lip, mm. you would say, that... Um, <laughs> It didn't look good. It wasn't a good look, okay, for footy. And uh, I'm sure they'll have a, a please, there'll be a little please explain there. But on the back of Chelsea Randall, the Crows actually got themselves into the game. She has had some sort of season. Mm. And like she, th- there was a point there where they were really tested, Brester. And she stood up, she went forward, kicked the goal. Uh, she goes back, she takes some courageous marks. Um, but I'll tell you what. She went down late in the game. She went for a mark. Uh, she took the mark and she did her ankle. And it's hearts and mouth stuff for Crow supporters mm. because if she, she there's one down. player they, they can't afford to lose now is Chelsea Randall. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this was a game I was really looking forward to out of the round. Uh, you got six and one, both teams. Adelaide coming in six in a row uh, on fire, full of confidence. Uh, Ebony Marinoff, 33 touches as well, was uh, was very good. Like getting in, getting the ball. Um, she yeah, was... not, a lot of her, a lot of her uh, teams are playing t- like they're playing tight on it. They're starting mm. to run with her. Yeah. They're going with her because they know what she can do, and she does that. Mm. But lo- most of her kicks uh, for, for Ebony were like sort of jacking them out of contests. Uh, so she hasn't been able to, to free up a bit. Um, Hatchie's exactly the same. So they've got to find, they need to get some some other girls involved and find a way to actually take some heat off of, um, you know, their two midfield stars to get get them some free ball breaths. So like, you know, like, you know, when with um, with basketball, setting up some screens or, you know, looking out for these guys, these girls that they can actually get some freedom. What about, uh, what about Port? North Melbourne game. The girls got beaten uh, again there. North Melbourne, just too good on the day. What did you think of that game? You know what? <sighs> we've heard Lauren Arneal. We've heard, we had Ange Foley talk about it. Gemma Houghton talk about the, that style and that brand that they're trying to play. Um, I can actually, I'm, I'm really seeing it. The, the challenge for Port Adelaide, so that contested style of football, they bought it from the start against the Kangas. And what I'm looking forward to is when they can actually do do that for longer. 
because they were great. They 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 tested the Kangas, who were a seasoned campaigning. Well, they're looking to be top four, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the way the way that the draws, um, I don't want to talk about the draw, but they look after some teams. Let's just say that. Um, but I, I just think that what they're what they're building is exciting. Mm. It's exciting. It's exciting. And then and obviously they've got some some young players. Um, that are doing some some wonderful things for for Port Adelaide, um, and you know like Ange Foley's having a great great season, uh, and her form continues to inspire people like Hannah Ewings, um, Abby Dowrick, and and Ella Bow. Um, they they're all playing some good footy. All these young girls, it's about for them. I think it's about continuing to build that that competitive that sorry that contested game that they're trying to do. Um, and they did. They matched it basically for a half, uh, or just over a half against against the Kangas. But then some of their their older um, crew. So Jazzy Garner, she had twenty eight disposals and kicked two goals. And then Emma Carney was was solid as well as Ash uh, Ash Riddell and um, uh, Emma King, who um, who all stood up for the Roos in the end and 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 played really well. Um, for you, what's a win for them this season then? So they've got they've got their first win, which is a good one to tick off. Um, where what's a, a winning season for them? Obviously, they're not going to make finals by the looks of it. So, no. the, I think to to keep working on those things, get these new girls, build their skill level up to a, a high level. Um, like, what are they after? Three wins? Well, I reckon I, I actually believe that they could win their last two games. So they've had that win. They had a draw against Carlton, and on I think they they should be full of confidence on the back of the, of what they were able to produce against the Kangas. Obviously, um, you know if they can they can just continue to think about if we can sustain that for a little bit longer. For you know, we did it for a solid for a half, but let's do it for if we can do it for another for three quarters. You know, and it's hard when you when you're out there. And you can feel that momentum shift too. So they've got a couple of older girls, you know, obviously some um, some experience there that could just um, continue to to help these younger girls. But they play St Kilda next week away, which I th- uh, um, I think is is a is a winnable game. And then they got um, Essendon at home in round ten, so two very winnable games. Mm. That'd be a great that, way to end, wouldn't it? The confidence that they get off off the back end of that. Um, and then moving forward into, and, and then obviously you've got, you know, you start to build towards um, season 2023 or w- whenever that's going to start. But I think, I think that would fill them full of confidence and the program and what Lauren Arnell as a coach is trying to instill in her players. Yeah. I, I think if you could do that, massive confidence for your, for your footy program. And I think regardless of wins and losses, what I've seen from Port Adelaide this season, I think it's um, it's a it's a it's a massive positive for me. The Crows will likely finish the round in fourth spot. They'll have a season-defining clash next week uh, against Geelong. If they win that, they'll finish top four. They've got St Kilda in round ten, 10 before yeah. the finals start. So, a uh, big finish coming to the AFLW season. We're going to talk uh, trade week next. Uh, obviously, um, some very big trades confirmed through the week. Ones that we thought. We're going to happen did. Perhaps some others that we weren't so sure about absolutely did happen as well. And we'll talk about those next here on the Bungie and Bredster Show. All thanks to the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. 
Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is the Bungie and Bretster Show, all thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. Now, the trade period or the meat market, if you will, has come and gone. <laughs> I tell you, it feels a bit like that. Uh, you know, when, when players uh, who are also human beings, futures are held in the palm of certain people's hands. I, I, I've got a bit of cringe about this 10-day period. But, um, look, in the end, all's well that ends well for our Adelaide clubs. They got the majority of the people they were after. What do they do for the first seven days, though, Jack? It's too long. What? Isn't it too it's long? Why do they do it? They they cut they, it to three days. You could get it all done. Well, they don't even do it over the weekend. They have yeah. the weekend off. Yeah, it's like just it. like this, just for the. It's an opportunity for them all to go to Melbourne and get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's um, interesting because um, a lot of player managers have come out and said, like, I listened to Liam Pickering talk about uh, the uh, the Dunkley deal, and he was clearly frustrated that that went so deep into trade period. He said, look, this. We were bartering over a fourth round pick in the end. I mean, we'll probably never they'll get never, used. They'll never use it. Yeah, that's so the thing. Like, what, and it was a future fourth rounder too. So, I think most people are in, are in a grant that the trade period is too long. Um, and, and I think if we ever introduce a mid season trade period, boys, I think we'll see that trade period post season cut at least in half, maybe down to three days, which that is would, all it needs I, to be. I think that would certainly. Be interesting. I'd Have love mid- to see a mid-season trade. Period. Throw the cat amongst the pigeons oh, a yeah. little bit, and just take all your little secrets across to another oh, yeah. side. Hey, here's <laughs> the playbook, boys. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's break down the crows first. All right, Isaac Rankin coming in. Um, lost. We've delisted uh, James Rowe, Ben Davis, Brett Turner. As yeah. well, I I, lo- I like Rowe. I, I like what he gives to yeah. the team. His energy. And not just what he gives on the field, but he's one of those guys that you can imagine off the field would be one of those glue guys that everyone loves. And everyone I speak to, they all have good things to say about him. Yeah, I saw, I probably saw James Rowe in a different light to a lot of people as well because I I saw that he played for for mine was that that connector role um, both on and off the field. But on the field, I, I just didn't think they were able to replace Tom Lynch. You know, and Tom Lynch was that guy that worked right up the ground and was to be able to connect. I, I saw James Rowe do that a lot. Um, beautiful by foot. Something that the Crows don't have a lot of. Guys that can use a ball by foot, right? Beautiful uh, by foot. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of similarities of him and other forwards. And then Rankin coming in obviously pushes him down a few pegs. So, but... I just think that you could develop him into. I, I could see him playing on a wing. I know he's small, but I love what he does with the footy. Mm. It's interesting. I, I think we saw it late in the year, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think the Crows have actually pegged Riley Thilthorpe for that job. We know he's got a big motor, yeah. uh, that, that Lynch role, getting up the ground. And we saw it late in the season a couple of times where he would come right up the ground and at half back, he would, t- he would take a contested grab. Um, so whether or not. The combination of Rankin and Thilthorpe's development, the fact that he's got a big motor and he can play up the ground for a big guy a bit more has hurt Rose value to the to the side. I don't know, but yeah. as a supporter, as someone who goes and watches the Crows every week, 
James Rowe's the least of our problems. If you if, if you ask the average supporter oh, yeah. out there yeah. whether they would rather James Rowe or Lachlan Murphy, I know what response you're going to get. Yeah, um, I know. Murphy's Lockie, got a year to run on his contract, and Rowe Ro just happened to be well, up for contract. That would have been interesting to see if, yeah. that, if they both lined yeah. up. If they had the contracts lined up, and if that was the case, what decision that would make? Yeah. Um, the Ben Davis one for me was was uh, you know pretty simple. Been on the list for six, seven years. Hasn't played a lot of footy, um, and I was probably surprised that he lasted the last two cuts. To be honest, um, Brett Turner, interesting one. Um, that they picked him up mid-season. He was on the list for, I think, about 175 days or something. Talk that they're going to but pick him up gonna, as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 and if they say that, generally what happens is they will do that, mm. um, which probably um, Glenelg have been waiting on that to see what happens because of, you know, the movements around the place and what they're doing in, in there as well, which has probably been a bit frustrating for them given, you know, they, they took him mid-season. But um, so we'll see how that... but. Let's talk about the rank and stuff, Bradster. Um Did they pay too much? They've lost Frampton and uh, some draft picks, uh, 23 and 46, well, and a lot of cash. Yeah, well, we, we probably saw Frampton play his best footy in the in the sample. Um, at halfback, intercepting. Um, his finals was, was pretty good, except for the couple of birds that he flipped to the crowd. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, it's all, all part of the play, but... He, uh, yeah, I, I think a fresh start for him would be good, probably for the club too, because he was a little bit um, much maligned player, I guess, uh, for the Crows. So uh, but will he slip straight in, be an automatic um, star, or what? What starter? Who? Rankin. Like, oh, Rankin. Yeah. Or you pay- so, like where? Where does he sit in the echelon? Is he going to come in as a just under a superstar, a, a star, or a good player? When you're getting paid the, the the superstar wage, you want to be putting in superstar performance. But is he going to be that? Well, I'm not. I'm not so sure. We'll have mm. to wait and see. Yeah. But he'll provide another, definitely to provide another dimension to their already strong forward line. Um, and yeah, that, that that price tag, you got to be playing at a level. He's got to be playing. He's got to play midfield minutes. He's got to impact midfield. He's got to go for. He's going to obviously be forward, and he's got to be kicking upwards of thirty goals. I would have thought as a as a small forward, um, and developing into that that elite midfield. If I was him coming here, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sidle myself up alongside um, uh, Rory Laird. He's their best player. He's yeah. their best midfield. I'm, I'm sidling up my, uh, alongside him and I, I'm tagging him the whole preseason to understand and to learn the craft and the caper of the midfield and how to work hard. Let's hear from Isaac Rankin on his thoughts of getting to the Crows. It's good to f- finally be done. I was obviously very excited to, to come home and, and be around family and friends again and, the, and the, the young group we've got here at the Crows. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to get started. How was the way for you? Did you get your feet a bit? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously we all thought it was going to get done pretty early, but, you know, that's, that's just how it goes. And, yeah, I just waited around and I'm, I'm just happy that it's done now. So, uh, Hey, uh, one thing... One thing I want to have a talk about, though, I'm still a little bit perplexed about Adelaide's <laughs> decision-making in the trade period, right? Clearly for, for mine, they needed a midfielder um, who has speed, can run, uh, can carry, break the lines and hits the scoreboard and or targets. Or, and the other thing they need, is they need a ruckman, another ruckman. I love Riley O'Brien and what he brings to the team, his competitive stuff. But clearly, they're lacking someone with a little bit of class as their ruckman. Someone like a 
Max Gorn, for example, that can goes that his craft is great. Like in the ruck, his ruck his ruck work is unbelievable. But he uses the footy, he goes forward, he hits the scoreboard, okay, and can actually do all that. Something that Riley O'Brien doesn't do. Mm. There's a couple of blokes floating around, and I know that they probably didn't want to come to Adelaide, and there, but you got to you you got to go all in on these things at, at some times. And we've seen um, Brody Grundy. He talked about not wanting to come here. He's obviously gone to Melbourne. Um, Jackson, who's who's gone over to Frio from Melbourne, um, and then Radigalia, who they were talking about with uh, Port Adelaide, and the deal didn't get done because Geelong didn't want to do it. But these guys are around and they're available. Why, why aren't we – This the, the need for me, and I, I get Rankin, and, yeah, they, they, they threw those eggs in that basket early, but the need for that football club, Bretster, is wasn't that for mine. Mm. And I just thought that they, uh, that a Ruckman and a, and a mid, like a Jason Horn Francis, for example, that type of midfielder, what they can bring to your club, because we've got a lot of likes there. We've got a lot of inside mids. Um, and we need something that's a, a little bit classier on the outside. It is the Bungie and Brewster Show, 28 minutes past 10. We're running really late, uh, but we're going to go to a break. No, we, well, that was good stuff, Bungie. We weren't going to interrupt you there. We're going to talk Port Adelaide in a moment. Port Adelaide fans, don't uh, despair. We are going to talk about Jason Horn Francis joining the power. We've got plenty to get through. It is the Bungie and Brewster Show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, the Bungie and Bretster Show, driven by Australian motors. And at the moment here in the studio, we're driven by nippies, whether it be pineapple or apple black currant. I've had another swig of that apple black currant, boys, and I tell you. That's it. I'm not going to sleep for three weeks. Well, it's actually nice to have that. something in the studio that we could. Last week we uh, didn't uh, didn't get the opportunity, Jace, to um, duck into uh, the honeycomb that uh, the beautiful Nippy's honeycomb because uh, Brett Ma, he, oh, he ran around, on. he ran around the table and stole three of them. So uh, he's um, he's slowly getting through his pineapple. I, I notice there's none in the fridge either. Are they gone? Anyway, so, guys, but this yeah. is a short segment. We're going to get. We've got to talk news. about. Uh, yeah, we do. We're already late for news. <laughs> he's, get, he's he's straightening us up today, Brett Ma, and uh, rightly so because we are getting a bit uh, behind the eight ball. But let let's talk about the inductees, gentlemen, to the Sport Australia Hall of Fame, and I'll run through them quickly. And Brett, I want to get your thoughts first. Mark Webber for F1. Brad Fittler for Rugby League, Kari Webb Golf, Catherine Cox Netball, uh, Tanya Harding, not to be confused with Tonya, uh, Tanya Harding is a gun softballer, uh, Cara Honeychurch from 10-pin bowling, Adrian Hurley from basketball, someone who I know Bradston knows well, uh, Sir George Bedbrook, uh, a Paralympic pioneer who has been put in uh, posthumously, and I never get that right, but I yeah, think I've got as close right. as I can, and Chris Judd from the AFL, but... Uh, Bretster, your um, your dealings with Adrian Hurley over the years from basketball. He's been a stalwart of Australian basketball and was a star in his day. Yeah, he was uh, uh, one of the very best coaches that Australia has produced. Oversaw the Australian Institute of Sport program for a long time as well as coaching the Australian men's team. Has had a massive influence on a lot of uh, coaches throughout Australia, some big names there, some legends of all sports there. I'm interested to get your thoughts on one of these in particular. Brad Fiddler, um, my favourite player of all time. <laughs> favourite player. Bungie, he, what, what are your thoughts the, of uh, Chris, Chris? The reason Chris, why I love rugby league. Chris Brad Judd. Fiddler. 
Chris Judd getting in there, oh, for me, he's maybe jumped the queue. Yeah. Well, I was looking at, you have to be nominated. So obviously people didn't nominate. Oh, I thought the same thing. I was like, Chris Judd, okay. And then I thought about, what What about blokes like Malcolm Blight? Um, oh, yeah. I don't think he, he's not in there. There's, no. um, there's, there's a, a lot few of guys notable there. omissions that well, aren't in there. I was thinking there about your career. I actually thought about you, and I no. thought he shouldn't be in there before Brett Maher. Oh, come on. There's um, six basketball people. Phil Smythe's in there. Phil Smythe. You've got Luke Longley, Andrew Gaze, and then over the women's side, you've got Lauren Jackson, Timsey, Robin Maher. Um, there's some big names in basketball there. There's big, big names. There's some others that are definitely get in there for basketball. Like you look at Paddy Mills and Joe Ingles, those sort of guys will get in. You got to be retired for like six years. But or you something. have to be retired mm. first. But oh, yeah, I think Judd we for should. Me was an yeah, interesting. You one. have to be nominated, and obviously people have nominated him. Well, uh, I'll some... nominate you if you nominate me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we worked this out. <laughs> We're on. We're in. We're going to be in next year. Well, we, we, can, we can even go a little bit more by stealth, gentlemen. Uh, perhaps. Our our listeners out there might want to uh, nominate the boys. It's ecstasy in 0427-154-166 if you're prepared to nominate either of the two boys. Maybe, and we'll find ma- something for you. Maybe some Nippies product or something. Maybe John from Melbourne could do that for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John. It is the Bungie and Bradster Show, 10.36. We are late for news headlines. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. It is the Bungie and Brester Show. We're here in Studio Lumo, a number one King William Street. And uh, on the line at the moment, gentlemen, we've got someone from our good friends at Australian Motors who... Uh, well, he knows all about the sports realm, doesn't he, Bradster? He does indeed. He, uh, I was at the game last night and he's uh, down on court. He's uh, the man about town. <laughs> uh, Walshie, welcome to the show. Bungie and Bradster, good morning. Let me tell you and set the scene for you. I'm um, currently, I've parked my Australian Motors Mitsubishi Triton at the North Haven Football Club and I'm doing laps because when I found out that I was talking to you both, I saw you... Brett at the basketball last night looking fit as, and we know that Bungie's always in the best shape of his life, so I felt really underwhelmed with myself, so I needed to do some preparation to speak to you boys this morning. So thanks for having me on at the end. You probably need to get out of the car, mate, to do that. You want to to try being in this seat, Jared? (laughs) That's where I'm getting it wrong, because I was just driving laps of it, and the groundskeeper was staring at me, so I'll, I'll make sure I do that when I hang up the phone. I was speaking with uh, Dylan Nunn, who, of course, is the dealer principal of Mitsubishi uh, last night as well. Uh, a great bloke, and uh, he uh, is pretty happy to have you as an, an ambassador. Can you tell us a little bit about your role with uh, with Mitsubishi and, and some of the um, other sporting clubs that they help uh, uh, sponsor? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I got to know Dylan um, almost 12 months ago. Like I've, I've always had a connection with him via the Adelaide 36ers because they've been incredible with their support, especially with the 36ers, but also sport across South Australia and community clubs. And we, we got together and he said, mate, I just I feel that um, my kind of values align with the values of the organisation and the dealership and um, he felt that, uh, you know, with my role with the Adelaide 36ers, we, we could have a really nice integration. And basically, um, the trust that he has uh, with myself to represent the brand and to drive around in his vehicles, um, I love that. And 
I'm someone that my my happy place is the Barossa Valley or McLaren Vale, so I'll usually get my wife to drive the car up there, and um, we'll just test it out. And he's basically saying just have some fun. Um, and the great thing is, like the the Triton that I'm driving at the moment is perfect for off-road or driving on Selix Beach, but also I've got two young kids, so I chuck them in the back, obviously not in the tray, but in the back seats, and <laughs> um, it's brilliant. So the other exciting thing, especially about Wavell, is the new fit-out they've got. The showroom is outstanding, and I guess over the past two years, there's been so many question marks on everything when it comes to, to vehicles, you, new and used cars, and there's been a, a bit of a delay on everything, but right now is the perfect time to um, to go and see the team because Dylan and the team are outstanding. And what I love about them, and I've been able to you know get to know a couple of um, dealerships around South Australia, is that the trust and relationship they have with their clients, they treat them like family. So it's not just a car that you're purchasing from them. It's an ongoing relationship where, um, you know, the, the vehicle that you're buying, you know, is going to be amazing, but it's that relationship afterwards that makes people going back and being repeat customers. Speaking of, uh, you know, feeling the love and repeat customers, John and Brett drive uh, Mitsubishis and I'm feeling a little bit yeah. left out here. I'm like that kid from, you know, that song from Sesame street, like one of these kids is doing his own thing. Like I just feel like I'm on the. Well, I'm on get the, on down to the I'm showroom, Bungie. You said you, you drive a Triton. You're driving around Triton. Like I'm just trying to work out. Are you drive an Outlander. I've got the Outlander. That's that's pretty. It suits close your, to my suits, favourite car suits that your I've personality. ever driven. What sort of car? I'm not just trying to see what's oh, wow. you're out and about. That's what uh-huh. I'm saying. Yeah, I've got room for a lot of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> trying to work out what sort of car I would, I would I'd be able to drive down there, uh, Jared. G- g- give me any um, I don't know any tips. Can I tell you one? Of, and this is me. I'm a really simple guy, right? The, the most exciting thing about the new Outlander is that you, you press the button on the back of the boot and it opens automatically. Or That's why Bresta what I loves found it. <laughs> out you, you swing your foot underneath the back of the car and the boot opens for you automatically. So if you're at the, like the supermarket and you've got 15 bags of groceries, just swing your foot under it. And then, but when I first started driving a new Audi, that kidding. was the first car I was driving... I was like swinging my foot back and forth for about half an hour, and my neighbours were filming me because I was swinging it at the wrong side. So once I figured it out, <laughs> all I would do is show people how to like basically do some air fly kicks under the car. And I had to call Dylan and say, "Am I doing this right?" He's like, "Yeah, mate, you're just a bit awkward." So that's thankfully not something about the car. That's a me problem. But only problem is you, you, kicked, you kicked off the exhaust pipe. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think you'd be a Titan guy, Bungie. That would be awesome. And like with, with Connor getting, you know, into his 20s now, he's going to want to cruise around with his mates or, you know, watch the sunset with whoever he's swinging hands with. They can sit in the tray. It's going to be perfect. You know, the feature I like best that I didn't think I'd ever use is the heated seats. Oh. I love them. Like a cold day, put them on and absolutely love it. And I've taken the car down there to see Dylan for my first service. And uh, they were great. Can you tell us a bit about the with the new showroom and all that, the servicing out the back? Heated seats. Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> look at you. No wonder why the, you love the it. The funny thing is, boys, that if you get someone in the heated seats who's never experienced them before, now this is a proven fact. The feeling is at the start that you've wet yourself. <laughs> you go, no, no, it's actually they are heated seats and they are perfect during winter. But now the showroom is incredible. Like this is a, a state-of-the-art facility. Um, 
And you know that the, the new feeling when you get into a new car, it's like that with the showroom. So the technology is brilliant. You can go and sit in all the new vehicles and the way that they have presented it is awesome. You know, it's a couple of minutes out, outside the city opposite the showground. So, and the great thing is you, sometimes with these car dealerships, like the dealer principal's not always there. Dylan's always there. And he's, he's the, the face of the business and he's the person that you speak to. But um, the team are incredible. The brand values that they have and everything that they stand for, um, for me, that's the most important thing because there's lots of options around South Australia when you come to the car that you drive. It's, it's how people treat their customers and their clients which separate them from the rest, and that's why I'd absolutely love Australian Motor Mitsubishi. Absolutely, mate. Get down there, Bungie. Yeah, Come on. I've got you all covered, actually. Yeah, I know you love a Walshie and you've got one and you want one, but I used to build them, particularly oh. on the seat line uh, back in the early uh, noughties. I was down at the Tonsley plant putting those heated seats together, oh, mate, back in the day. Do they, make the, they still make the Lancer Evolution? Or is that still something? Oh, I don't know. They, they don't make it here anymore. No. Jared, do you know? Well, I didn't realise this was a competition or who, the, who had the best relationship with this. Fred and Bungie, I'm not, a, I'm not a big call guy, but I want to make a big call after last night with the 36ers. Obviously, Dylan was there. I feel if we live up to our potential, this could be the best import combination that we have had since me, Brooks, Davis. What are your thoughts? Um, we're, 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 we're talking about this. We're going to unpack this a bit later, but I, I just, I'm, I don't see a lot of connection there for mine. I'm, 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 I'm not seeing the connection at the moment. Bungie's yet to see it. You're talking talent wise here, Walshy? I like the talent. I am, but I like, I like what Bungie said then as well, because obviously Thursday, um, Craig Randall wasn't amazing. Last night he was on, but where I see this, the strength and the difference to the last couple of seasons is we don't need him to perform every night because of the likes of Cleveland and and what he can do. But also, like, our bench depth is ridiculous. Sunday, Detch and Anthony Drimmick could be starting in other clubs. I just, if we click, and you're right, Bungie, it's, they have to click because you could have, you know, the best talent. But we saw on Thursday against the Jack Jumpers that the, the actually the, the champion team beat the team of champions on Thursday. Last night looked different, but... If it wasn't for Randall firing up, I was a bit nervous in that third quarter. Brentster gets the final word here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a heap of talent, heap of talent there. It just has to be harnessed. Um, yeah, there, there have been some body language issues, I would say, on the court. But I think they'll they'll work them out as the season goes on. And it'll time will tell by the end of the season. But potentially, I think you're right. You're spot on. We're going to have to go to a break, though, Walshy. Thanks for joining the Bungie and Brentster show. Always great to have you on and we'll catch up with you the next home game. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me on SEN. Jared Walsh there uh, for Australian Motors. Uh, we love those guys. Now, uh, boys, coming up next, we are going to talk about Port Adelaide's trade period. We're also going to talk a bit of cricket. We've got a lot to get through before we get to news time. It is the Bungie and Bradster Show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is seven minutes away from 11 o'clock. We're going to talk Port Adelaide and then a bit of cricket. But uh, Port Adelaide's trade period, boys. Uh, we, we ran out of time earlier to talk about this, but we can't not go back to it mm. because... Really, uh, when you look at what they were able to accomplish, Port Adelaide, who they were able to bring in, 
And maybe there's one disappointment who they missed out on in, in Radicalia, and we'll get to that in a moment. But look, Jason Horn Francis, he's going to be a star. We know that. Uh, Junior Rioli, I think, is an unre- uh, an underrated recruit. Uh, I think he's going to be very, very handy in just what Port Adelaide need in that forward line. So, Bungie, what did you make of Port Adelaide's trade period? I think they've done pretty well. Yeah, well, they knew they were going to lose Amon as part of that, um, and he's gone to Hawthorne. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that the, obviously the, the Horn Francis one is, is massive and, and seeing how that sort of unfolded, um, to be able to get that, that target their their midfield, I think bringing him into their midfield, um, is, uh, it's, it's going to be really smart the, the way that they've done. Obviously he's playing at the Kangas and expected to go in there as an 18 year old and really, um, you know, try to start to, to, to be the star and to, to help carry that team. He gets the luxury of coming to Port Adelaide where you've got some absolute stars in there where you can just sort of fit in, play a role, um, continue to learn that craft and learn some wonderful habits in some amazing midfielders in there. You've got Travis Boak and Ollie Wines. Boak, could be, Boak and Ollie Wines would be great to be understudies of, wouldn't they? They're, oh. They've... Dominated the competition. If they were Eastern States players, they'd be all world. We've well, um, seen, seen the emergence but... of Connor Rosie in there as well. Mm. So to see what he's been able to, obviously, you know, he spent a bit of time up forward, uh, played a little bit off half back as well and on, on the wing, but, you know, went through the midfield this, this year and see the emergence of him to come through there after, you know, doing a little bit of an apprenticeship on the on, on, on uh, some other um, positions as well. I think that'll be great for Jason or Francis to come in and do that. And given, yeah, I, I certainly don't begrudge him, given what's transpired over on the, the Eastern Sea. I don't know, something's in the water over there at the moment. I don't know oh. what's going on over there. But like what's happened at, at, the, at uh, North Melbourne, um, and I guess, you know, for him, he talked about having some... Uh, you know, having some stability, coming home for fa- for family, but having that stability around him and, and like, particularly Port Adelaide, they're going to provide that for him. And I I go back a little bit because when I think of Jason Horn Francis, I go back to that 2021 20, uh, finals series he had in the SNFL playing at Adelaide Oval. And he single-handedly, well, not single-handedly because he had a lot of team, he had a few teammates around him that helped him, but his final series against uh, Norwood and Glenelg in uh, in 2021 was exceptional um, and played in through the midfield it goes to a team where you're expected to carry sort of the team a bit and we know the Kangas have been a bit of a shambles the last couple of years both on and off the field but then to go to Port Adelaide where they're going to be playing finals footy next year I've no doubt that what they've brought in um, particularly uh, you know adding this sort of class to Jason and Francis we're going to see that certainly uh, bolster them and and long term as well. Yeah, He's six young. years. It's a good long deal. I think it's a really good. Before we're going to have to go to the, the hey, news. Uh, what, uh, what Bungie just said, though, boys, and I'll, I'll just uh, play you some some comments from Horn Francis himself, which backs up a little bit about what Bungie was just saying. I, I wanted to um, make sure that I was in a stable environment. Um, you know, coming into this year, and and I think um, a lot of people know it. it, it might be another unstable, another unstable year um, at, at at North. So um, we just thought um, coming back home to a to a great club like Port Adelaide would be would be best for me.
Now, a lot of people took that as a swipe at North Melbourne. I don't know. I think that was just a kid being honest about... And you can, yeah. hear, you can hear the kid in that voice yeah, as yeah. well. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing untoward about that at all. And I think he's going to be an awesome place for him to be and to get the best, best footy out of himself. Speaking of the best footy, I think um, uh, Junior Rioli mm. coming over and playing in... Like, coming over to, to, to Port to be able to fill the void that's left by Robbie Gray. Now, that's going to be hard to do. But I can see Junior Rioli coming in. He's he's obviously had a couple of interrupted seasons for for different reasons. Um, but being able to come here, he talked about his his mum as well. He spends a lot of time here for some of her treatment that she's going through as well. Some some health issues. Uh, so to be closer to family, um, having that connection in Adelaide because he played footy here before he went over to the West. Um, I can see him settling in and, and being a 30 to 40 goal forward for them as well. So looking forward to that. Bredster, now uh, we, we're going to rattle through the cricket as quickly as we can here mm. because we're a minute or so away from news time. But um, just on, on uh, Port Adelaide, what, what did you make of it? Did, did they have a very good trade period? Was it just average? What are your thoughts? Oh, I think they did better than the Crows. I think mm. they they seemed to... Um, have a well-set-out program there. They know exactly what they need. They went after it and they got it. And they didn't have to give up as much as probably what they initially thought they were going to have to give up. So, yeah, I think they did very well out of it. All right. Uh, Cricket-wise, we're watching the WBBL clash at the moment. The Strikers currently, as we speak, five for 116 in the 13th over, 14th over. Uh, They're taking on um, the Renegades up there in Queensland. They went down yesterday to the Sydney Sixers by 17 runs. Uh, Two for 151, the Sydney Sixers against the Strikers in the chase, nine for 134. We will talk a lot more about the Strikers in the WBBL in the future. Uh, of course, we know the World Cup for T20 gets underway today. In fact, uh, we'll be having a game on SEN later on. The United Arab Emirates taking on the Netherlands. We're in the uh, the group stage, if you will. We'll get to the Super 12. Australia plays their first game against New Zealand uh, on Saturday next week. So once we get to the Bungie and Brett's to show next week, uh, yourselves, boys, and Case will be able to unpack how that first game went. But I want to ask you both one question before we go to news time. Um, you had a great stat, Bredster, off the top of the show, which talked about in the T20 World Cup how no team has ever gone back-to-back um, and no team that's ever hosted the T20 World Cup has gone on and won it, have they? No, you've just said my lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was all ready to have yeah. a big power punch of the well, two I think lines. you mentioned it off the top you've of the show. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, yeah. it's true. Yeah. So they're going to be proverbially pushing crap up the hill wow. uh, to try and win. They're, they're bookmakers' favourites still. They're a very good team. Play New Zealand. That's going to be a very good test as a first-up game on Saturday. Um, I mean, they're star-studded team, but... World Cup, anything can happen in well, that. We haven't been up. We didn't beat England in the series. The last game got washed out at. Yeah, we uh, lost two nil there. But... Two nil. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting. I think. Oh well, I'm going to back us, of course. We're glass half full here, but uh, <laughs> oh, the thanks, stats. Case. Thanks, Case. The stats don't help us. No, it's John from Melbourne now. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on our chances? <laughs> what are your thoughts on our chances, Bunch? Well, I want to get through this first game. I think next week, the, that's, that game against New Zealand next weekend in Sydney is going to be massive uh, to get off to a, you know, to get off to a, I guess, a positive start for, um, and, and 
given what we've been going through the last couple of weeks with cricket, losing to to England on our own deck, I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold, Brez. I'm not as sold as you. I want to see. I haven't seen the the connection and the uh, that I've, I've we've seen um, in Australian sides in the past. And the whole thing about um, this stuff about uh, David Warner as well, still hanging over him about his leadership stuff. So there's still a bit to, bit to play out, I think. There's a lot to unpack there when it comes to David Warner and leadership and whether or not that will ever come to pass. It's two minutes past 11 here for the Bungie and Bretster Show, all proudly brought to you by Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectible specialists, mayhemcollectibles.com.au. We're going to be back to talk basketball after the news. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brester Show. It is the Bungie and Brester Show here. Studio Lumo, 1 King Williams Street. It's all proudly brought to you by our friends at Nippies. And haven't they come good again? Mm. Farm-grown, family-made, apple black currant. I've been hoeing into that and Bungie. Uh, well... He can't work out which one to go for next. Uh, I noticed your pineapple's gone, Bredster. Pineapple crush has uh, been crushed. Absolutely and, uh, crushed. Yeah, the apple and black currant's not too far away. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get to basketball, MotoGP, and we were talking about this, you and I, before uh, Bungie got to the studios today, a little bit about uh, fans of MotoGP, and I am one. Uh, I love this, uh, these guys. And it started back in the day of Wayne Gardner. It was when I first started following MotoGP. We had Mick Dewan, uh, but back to Phillip Island for the first time since 2019, and Jack Miller's going to be on the Ducati. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching. I actually uh, started watching the Moto3s yesterday, and they've got the thinner back tyre, ripping around, obviously smaller bikes. Um, uh, you, did you watch – I know you're talking about the bikes. Yeah. The, Moto G, the Moto3, Yeah. did you see they had to stop practice? Uh No. Not the bit I watched. There was a wandering goose. Oh. The day before that, there was a kangaroo that stopped practice. Oh, God. And they had a goose walking around on the track that stopped the Moto3s. Right. <laughs> Didn't see that. But I, I did see the qualifying, and uh, Jorge Martin broke the uh, lap record and uh, will be starting pole uh, today and uh, look very good. Uh, I actually enjoy it. The, the angles that they get at when they're taking those corners at, I don't know what speeds they're going, but it looks very, very fast. Really, the only protection other than their helmet and their gear, they've got that bit on the back behind their neck that if they get, there's a certain trigger, uh, triggers it, I think, once the sensors feel they've left the bike and that blows up and gives them that extra support. It's like support. an airbag on their neck. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing technology. But, yeah, there's not much protecting them at the speeds they're going, how close they get to the ground. It, they, they have got the biggest... Kahuna's going around. <laughs> <laughs> their knee pads. What are their knee pads as well? They like you see the, the, the like when the when they get down and they rest their knee on the corners to to get that low around them. Um, can you say uh, Martin's name again for me? Uh, Jorge. Oh, very well done. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, that was pretty good, Jorge. And yeah. you know the bloke he beat his time it was the, the whose time it was was thirteen year time. Oh, it was, it was sorry since two thousand and thirteen nine year record. Or Hey Lorenzo. There you go. So he uh, he knocked off his uh, namesake. Um, and Jack Miller starting from eighth on the grid. So looking forward to 
to that. Uh, and fellow Aussie, uh, Remy Gardner, who signed. Is Remy Gardner Wayne Gardner's son? Yes. There yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to the guys at work yesterday about it who are, are right into it. Yeah, and we've got, yeah, the two Aussies in there. I'm pretty sure it is his son. Um, and, yeah, on the footage, it was really good to see uh, Mick Doohan and Stoner were there. Um, like just legends of... Uh, oh, yeah. So well, they've got that. Soccer. Well, yesterday they actually unveiled the uh, the Jack Miller corner, which mm. is turn four. So they did that. They've got the, the Mick Doohan straight... Um, and the Wayne Gardner uh, bend or corner as well there as well. So I believe it's the first time we've had two Aussies on the starting grid since 2007. That was Casey Stoner and uh, the superbike legend that is uh, Christopher Mullen. So uh, it tells you just how well it's going in this country. It's great to see Remy, the son of Wayne, as you mentioned, back on the uh, or back out on the bike. And look, they're going to have a lot of support out there. I, I think for the, the crew at Phillip Island, who just embrace this event whenever it's on, mm. uh, it's one of the, the most attended motor racing events in the country. I've got some mates that are actually over there from Adelaide. and They, mm. they go every year. Yep. They go over there. They love it. Uh, they've seen a lot of the videos. And they just, they, they think it's one of the, the greatest events that you, they said, do yourself a favor one day and get over here. So what to do that, Brett. Let's jump into some basketball. I mean, that's why I'm here, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> Come on. No. Uh, yeah, I've been – I actually have been lucky enough to be courtside doing some uh, announcing on the TV. I've got a much better head for radio. Let's uh, also be honest about that. But that's been really good fun, and I get to see, get down in amongst it, get to hear some things uh, and see some things that not everyone gets to hear and see. And – um, there were some troubling signs for Adelaide against the Jack Jumpers. Some of the body language, not so good. The ball movement, not so good. On the Off the back of the hype of that US trip and winning the preseason blitz, I think they may have had overinflated uh, opinions of where they were at. Uh, Jack Jumpers, minus three of their potential starters, some very good players. They came in off the back of Josh Majet um, lighting it up, which he hadn't done all season. And uh, they found themselves down 9-0. They're down by about 22 points at the quarter. The game was over. They just couldn't get going. The crowd was just left sitting on their hands. They turned that around. A good start against Illawarra the other night, uh, last night. Played a lot better brand of basketball. There's still, still a lot of room for improvement. Um, but there were some really good signs and uh, led by Randall in the last quarter, they were able to get the fans up off their seats. 8,134 people at the game, so really good crowd. Um, And they got loud in there when he started hitting those shots. They lifted their defensive intensity. They got a really key 24-second violation, clock shot, shot clock violation. Got the ball back. They got a couple of steals, got running, broke the game open um, because Illawarra did a great job of getting in the lead by about four. And I thought if they made a couple of shots, then uh, we could have been in big trouble. But uh, a really good result. Everyone, you could just see upstairs after the game, everyone just let out a sigh of relief more than anything. And now I think that's over. They can start getting into it. But you've, you've got a few concerns, Bunch. Yeah, I just... I'm not seeing the fluidity on the court. When mm. I watch, I just, I'm just seeing that real lack of connection. And there's the, it's very, uh, we're, we're, we're sort of, we're winning. We, we won the game based on uh, brilliant, coming off the brilliance of Randall, obviously. 
And I don't know, I just, some of the body language, you, you alluded to it a, a bit as well, but, you know, DJ, you know, shaking his head at times and um, just that connection, that, I just, I see some worrying signs. I, hopefully they can sort it out, um, but I can see some frustrations between players on the court that I would say are, are cause for concern. You know what I think it comes off the back of? Obviously, they had that big win against Phoenix. There's all this talk about, oh, NBA, NBA. Is Randall going to go NBA? Is, is Frank's going to go NBA? And I think those guys start thinking, oh, man, I could be going NBA. I've got to, I've got to score 30 to get noticed, and, yeah. and I've got to be the man. Those two are clashing a bit about who's going to be the man, who's going to be the leading scorer. And it went all individual. Well, I asked you guys this really question individual. last week, and you said, nah, it's not going to have an impact at all. Oh, well, uh, it did. <laughs> it, it has. Uh, they won't admit it. I wouldn't have thought. But you could just tell. It was like, yeah, well, I want to be the man. I've got to do this. And and I think that it's resonating in the back of their head about getting in the NBA and wanting to play well, they, They've the got NBA to nip and, that in the bud. But I think as the season goes on and that slowly dies away, then uh, – then I think they'll get in control of that. All right. You want to know something else I don't really like as well, Bretston, mm-hmm. about the whole NBL at the moment? I- I'm not liking the commentary. Oh, it's- thanks. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you're not bad. Oh. I'm sitting right here. There's a full-fledged drive-by. <laughs> no, I'm not liking too much the commentary that comes. In. So you'll play, the Sixers are playing here. The commentary is coming out of Melbourne, right? So mm. in the first game... So you and Case were on the court, and this is what. So I'm I'm watching at home, but Benny barbecue sitting in front of the TV, and I'm I'm hearing the the excitement, and you guys are up and about, and you throw back to the studio in Melbourne, and it's like crickets in there. So I, I just I just don't think they're, they they've got a feel for the game. You're sitting in a in a studio like you know a thousand kilometres away. And they're just not getting the feel for the game. I even felt that a bit last night where they, they could have thrown to you a lot more um, on the side of the court. Um, but because you've got a feel for what's going on there. I just don't feel like there's a, they, there's a, a great feel. Obviously, Case is up and about and he, he, he brings that. That's his personality. But some of the other guys, you just not – I just I – just not feeling it. It's really hard to pick up on the vibe of the game when you're – in Melbourne and yeah. the games somewhere in, else in the country. So um, I, I like the analytics of it. I like um, I like if they've got good content to say, I love that. But, yeah, it, I just like it when the commentators are there at the game because they pick up on the vibe and that gets translated across the call as well. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I, I prefer that. Well, but... it'd be interesting to see what Case is calling uh, courtside versus calling uh, over there in a box as well. It'd be interesting to see. I what think he it's says. preferable. It probably all, always comes down to a money decision. Maybe it's more um, cheaper to do it that way. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if that continues, whether that changes as things go. But I know Jam TV, who uh, do do the production, they're continually working at making things better. So I've got a we'll solution see. for you, Bungie. You turn down the, the commentary on the TV and you turn on 
Bonds and Rupert Samwell. I tried to do for that. SEN. I did right? that. Yeah. The only problem is it's about seven seconds, seconds late. late. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you want to hear the special comments from Case and, and Brettster anyway. I so. just turned it on when Case and when Brettster are talking yeah, and yeah. I flip over <laughs> to listen to Bonds and Rupert because I love, love listening to the Sapper, how he breaks things down. Well, there's, there's devil excitement around the team. A 90 to 80 win. They're one and one. They go away and face Sydney, who are the reigning champions. So that's going to be a really big test. They just lost to Cairns, who are on fire at the moment. So um, the away teams had a really good record this round, which is surprising. Melbourne beating Perth. Melbourne went over and beat Perth after Melbourne had lost the week before. So, yeah, uh, the league is all over the place. It'll be hard to tip. Taipan's on fire. Hard to tip at the moment, but uh, very close, which we all love. And we've got a very good team. So we just hope that we can... Fix a few little issues and we'll be right there. We've got Definitely. a cracking competition in the NBL at the moment. That's what we've got. So mm. it's exciting times uh, for those who love their basketball. And participation numbers are up in the sport across the country. Uh, basketball is going from strength to strength. It is the Bungie and Breadster Show. We're going to wrap it all up shortly. Uh, we've got a couple of other things to talk about as well. A bit of uh, boxing. Brett Ratton sacked at St Kilda. A few things to wrap up. Some loose ends coming up next here on the Bungie and Breadster Show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Thanks to Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes and Laurel X Cleaning, supporting the SANFL and community football throughout this year and the next. You can Google Lauren X Cleaning today. Gentlemen, as we wrap up, we've got a couple of things to go through. George Cambosis will have a fight today, I believe, at Rod Laver Arena. Uh, he's going up against uh, Devin Hanley. You know much about these guys? Uh, not a lot. They've both got pretty good records. Cambosis 21-1, 10 KOs, and uh, Haney 28-0 with 15 KOs. So big Heavy hitters. Cambosis, he lost against Haney in the last one when they mm. unified the four belts, and he was so impressive. He knocked him into next Tuesday. That's Ooh. how much that fight was uh, in Haney's uh, favour. So Good one to watch. He's up against it. He's changed camps. He's gone back to his original coach, sacked his other coach, that to, his trainer that he had last time, and uh, say, so talking a big game. Time for his fist to do the talking. Hey, I want to speak to you about Ratton. Like, he's one of the good blokes of footy. Yep. And it seems really weird to me. Like he's just re-signed 93 days before they then go and sack him. Like extended his contract. Then they do this review. My initial thought was that uh, there must have been a player revolt in the review. But then it's come out we didn't even consult the senior players. It was just a board decision, which they say they agonised about. And they say that... They didn't think with him at the helm that they would be slotted in that six to ten range. They didn't think they'd be able to get out of that with him at the realm. Well, why, why did you sign him for two seasons then? Like exactly. They won five of their first six games. You yep. signed him for two years um, and then they lost. Last team they, to beat Geelong, weren't they? Last team to beat Geelong. They won three of their last 11. Now, they – I don't – I think there's something, I don't know, there's something in that club's DNA that is not great, <laughs> right? They have been, I think they've been massive underachievers for, um, you know, look at the top-end talent they've had over the last 30 years. Mm. And, like, yes, they played in a couple of prelims and they played in a grand final, but 
for what they've had and even the the team that they've got. Like they, I certainly think that they should have played finals this year for what they have. And it's disappointing. If I was St Kilda supporter, oh, I probably didn't have you probably don't have much air left anyway to pull out. But I just think that they and they some of their decisions like they were bullish about this Dugowie thing. And that never came to fruition. And then they were basically non-players in the trade anyway. Like, Brett, Brett Ratton was doing some great things there. I love what I was seeing there with, mm. with St Kilda. But, mate, we're not in the, uh, you're not in the inner sanctum, so you don't understand it. But I just think that, um, yeah, they've, they've stuffed up. You also, when you're sacking a coach, have to have one ready to go. I would have thought that's the best practice. Yeah. Well, um, do they? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but you need nah, to have someone that you know is a better option available and ready. And I don't know if they've got that or done that before they've done this. It, it well, amuses me how clubs do that. It happens that. in it. And look at look at the rugby. Let's talk about quickly about the rugby. So yeah. it happened. Des Hasler got sacked out of Manly, great one of their greatest players, sacked year remaining on his contract. They're bringing in. They're saying Anthony Seabolt, who. Basically, um, yeah, he swapped with um, he swapped over with uh, from the Bunnies to to um, Brisbane, and it was basically a bit of a soap opera. So mm. it can have a, a crazy, yeah, be a bit crazy. But anyway, we'll see what happens. What a show it's been! Uh, Bungie and Breadster will be back again next week. Hopefully, John Casey will be in the seat, and I can go back to what I do best behind the scenes and cutting up uh, everything for the podcast, where you can catch Bungie and Breadster as well. If you missed any part. Of the show today. Uh, Bredster, enjoy your day. I will do. I'm going for a big ride later today, so hopefully the sun stays out. Good stuff. Bungie, you too, mate. Pleasure. Thanks, boys. We'll be back again, same time, same place, next week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.